Hold on. Now, number one, you just stood up. I've never seen so much hair between a man's legs in my life. You need to, you need to man, you need to manicure that. Manicure. Ah, uh -uh, don't be talking about that. You stood up and you just, I, what, you're hairy, man. You're like a gorilla. Yeah. That what was between your legs. <laughs> What's happening? Coogan Cassie is here with Johnny Nelson. What's going on, John? Mm -hmm. Number one. Excuse me. That was my treat for the day. Custer's, Mr. Kipling's. Have you ever had them? Yeah, back in the day. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. I haven't you spoke for here. about 10 days, so I thought I'd have a little catch up with you. Yeah, you clearly need a manicure. Are you, are you holding up? Oh, listen to him. I'm badly in need of a manicure. <laughs> Mate, let me show you something. Wait, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Wait. Can you see my toes? Ugh. What the see? fuck? That's black nail varnish, man. Why have you got black nail varnish? Seal does it. Dennis Rubin does it. Who does he? You want me to show you again? Yeah, no, we saw him. We saw him. Oh, no problem. <laughs> who did you, who's the first person you said? I heard Dennis Rodman, but then who was the first person? Seal. Oh, Seal. That's right. So I can do it. And I'm, well, okay, I've kept it on from my TikTok. I've actually got it topped up. I'm can you, of it. I can now, you're, I can just see your head. Can you, yes, it, come in, come in, come in. Come I'm not ashamed of it. Come in. Oh, I'm ready. Johnny, let's start with a little bit of news that came out from last night about Joshua and Fury. Please tell yeah. me you've seen this, because sometimes I ask you stuff and I don't even know if you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. So. I've seen it. Jesus, you think I live on a rock or something? Um, I don't want to get excited about... Oh, man, it's my daughter trying to ring me. I don't want to get excited about um, uh, it until until this is all over because because I think uh, we can say whatever we want and, and people can say what they want. Talk talk till the contract signed till till we're out of this. Then I'll get all get excited. It's giving us something to look forward to, uh, if anything. Um, and if it's true and it happens, oh my God! Can you imagine? Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be mad. It's gotta be the biggest fight in the world. Um, but uh let me just read some quotes from um what ESPN reported late last night. So Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua talks regarding location and reportedly now underway. It's claimed they were waiting an offer from Saudi Arabia after receiving an approach. All tentative at this stage, Wilder and Pulev both remain in the way and then today there's a story on boxing scene that says that um following reports of tentative talks for tyson fury and joshua reps for both deontay wilder and kubrat pulev have come out and said they don't intend to step aside so the undisputed fight can happen next yeah exactly so this is this which i was going to say next i was going to, I was going to say let me just hear what pulev and especially Wilder says, Wilder doesn't seem to me 
to be the sort of character that's willing to step aside. Uh, so, so unless he does, then this is all big talk. Um, um, and so, so again, let's just get over that hurdle first. It's good to know that uh, now Tyson and, and Joshua are in that situation to say, right, well, let's do this. <clears throat> so, so they are no longer the, the issue. The issue now is Wilder. So until we hear Wilder say, okay, I'm stepping aside, and they're going to have to pay him a chunk of the money to do that, um, it's just a, it's, it's make-believe. And so I'm not, I'm not getting giddy on it. Uh, uh, it's just one of those things. But I, I love the, the thought that that, that Fury's team and, and, uh, and Joshua's team are actually talking. And uh, you know what? I'd like to see you get an interview with, with Fury as well. So once you hear it from the horses' mouths as well, <clears throat> then, then that's even better. But again, these are extraordinary times. So, so we, we grab onto any bit of hope uh, of something different happening. I hope it does. I really hope it does. And I know both fighters want to do it. It's usually the business in our sport that, that trips this up. So uh, at least it's a positive in the right direction. But the reported talks um, are about location, obviously, in reference to Saudi Arabia. Now, we knew that there's a possibility if this fight is to happen at whatever stage that Saudi are big players in this um, after landing the fight between Joshua and Ruiz last December. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether this is a lot of pie in the sky or talks have probably been going on anyway, regardless of this coming out. The, all the parties involved, um, obviously, Matchroom, MTK, Top Rank, uh, Frank Warren, etc., they've probably been having loose discussions about this regardless. Yeah, of course. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. And that's why, again, we can get excited and get giddy about it. But um, let's, just, let's just wait and see. It's just good that now they're all in the same room. Um, and so it's, it's people outside the room, such as Wilder, uh, uh, Paul F, that, that, that are the only ones that are stumbling. But... So there's a message from you about this. Basically, don't get carried away with this. Don't we carry away with it until until uh, until we've heard from the, the the other potential hurdles. But it's just good to know that they're in the same room. It's not a case of just Wilder stepping aside in this as well. It is Kubrat Pulev. They both have fights lined up with Joshua and Fury. Yeah. So it's more yeah. difficult when there's two fighters that need to step aside. I don't think Pulev will be the problem. I think you pull every, I don't know what kind of money he's made out of boxing, but I'm quite sure if they offered him a handsome chunk, he'd, he'd, he'd happily step aside knowing he's going to get a crack anyway. I think the problem's Wilder. And, uh, and Wilder, he's a proud man. He's a wealthy man. So, so, so I don't know if there's enough money to make him step aside. <clears throat> um, I don't know what he truly really believes um, uh, uh, in regards to his, his, his future in regards to uh, at that level. Um, so, so wild is your main man. You need to concentrate on Pulev. I do believe that there'll be a price, uh, but Wilder, he's the one that you've got to convince. I mean, what's in it for Wilder? Obviously, aside from the money, I suppose if he was guaranteed a shot at the winner of Joshua and Fury um, to reclaim all the belts, because obviously the winner of that fight would have all four belts, so yeah. he'll have a guaranteed straight shot at the winner. I mean, apart from that. Yeah. So for Wilder, to, 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 to make it enticing for him, he's got to be guaranteed to fight the winner. But then in doing that, that means Pulev's got to step aside again. Uh, because Pulev's uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, next opponent, 
and and Wilder is Tyson Fury's. So so again, it's a it's a negotiation within a negotiation. He's going to negotiate with Tyson Fury to say, yeah, maybe if you win, I'm going to be next fire. He's going to negotiate with Anthony Joshua to say, you pay Pulev, and he's going to negotiate with Pulev. So it's all these negotiations to get everybody to step aside. But for Wilder to say, all right, go on, box. It's all very optimistic at the moment. Like I said, we don't even know exactly when boxing's returning, but I suppose it's slightly positive uh, that we hear stories about, like you said, the camps talking about the potential fight. It's better than having no contacts at all. Yeah, and, and especially especially with times like this, any news is good news. If I said to you, lockdown's over next week, you're going to get all giddy excited about it. You know, so any news is good news. And so, so uh, in regards to, to, to this, it's good news. It's great news. It lifts you a little bit. It gets, gives you gives you an appetite a little bit. I know Eddie's also talking about doing a show. Let me get it right with with without a crowd. Uh, again, you know, I, I don't know how. You know, Eddie's in. You know, he, he thinks in many different ways and shape and form, and he's, he's a genius at, at putting things on like this and making them work. I just again, it's something I'm thinking. I'm curious. You've got my attention. You've, I'm sat up now. I'm, I've, I've watched enough Netflix. Uh, and so, so you've got my attention. So again, it's just uh, hopefully uh, things will uh, turn in, in our favour as, as a fan and as broadcasters as well. Well, Robert Smith has outlined um, a potential plan if boxing is to return in July, um, listing points such as everyone involved with the show has to be in a quarantined environment, uh, five fights per show, uh, everyone obviously has to get tested, um, so there is a plan in place, but we don't know whether the plan will be allowed to go in place yet. All right. Yeah, exactly. So let me say to you, so you're a promoter, Corbin, and, and the government say, all right, you can put a show on, but it, on, your be, on your head be it. Which means the government, we advise you not to do it, but it's your responsibility. If anything happens to anybody, if anybody contracts anything, as you're the promoter, so you put a show on. So now it's on your, your head beer. So somebody comes to your show and contracts COVID-19. God forbid, passes away from it. You are then liable for, 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 to be sued, if not to be, to be uh, uh, prosecuted, because you knew the risk of putting some nice. So promoters aren't stupid. They understand this. So they've got to be completely risk-free from any knock-on effect happening if this goes on. So all these things have got to be taken into account. So we can all get excited and get it saying, yeah, yeah, we can just have a small crowd. But you've got to understand what the government are going to say, what the government, are, are, what is their attitude in regards to um, large crowds, in regards to people now getting back to normal and in regards to the safety of people. And so, so, so these are all, we can make up all these, you know, we're going to fight again in June, July, whatever. Until the government's saying stipulate the conditions, these are just pie-in-the-sky ideas. And I'm not pissing on anybody's parade. I'm just saying, let's just use common sense. Good news is great news. But let's not get run away with ourselves. I think you make a good point there because we haven't even completed six weeks of this lockdown situation yet. So you're talking about in another two months, we don't know what the situation is going to be with like the outside world. Forget boxing for the moment, just the outside world in general. Yeah. We don't know what that situation is going to be in another two months. Um, we might be in a position where, probably more optimistic, where this is allowed to go ahead or 
a certain amount of people are allowed to be there, but we ain't, we ain't going to know that for a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why, but again, because we're in this situation, any news is exciting, good news. And, uh, and so, so it gives us something to look forward to. It lists us. Uh, so, um, so hopefully um, uh, something positive will come out of it. But at least these ideas are being thrown, in, thrown out there uh, to, to lift people, to give us the opportunity. And if it, they are true and it does happen, man, it's going to be wicked. It's going to be a wicked. The year's going to be such an upside down year, uh, especially for a fight fan. What are you doing for money then? I don't need money. I just eat. I don't go anywhere. I don't need money. What do you need money for? Just eat. As long as I've got food, I'm good. You don't you listen. How light, just, how light is the mattress now? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, all right. I just need food. I just need, fortunately, the chickens are gone, so that I ain't eating them. But as long as I eat, I'm all right. And I think, I think uh, at the moment, fortunately, I'm not in that position where, uh, where I'm in dire straits, uh, where many people are, but um, but it will get to that position for everybody. Uh, if this goes on for too long, but you know what, we ain't going anywhere. I just need a food. I just need to eat. So I don't even have to wash. <laughs> so what? What? I live by myself. I can do what I want. You got a problem with that? So what I'm saying is, um, you just you just have to just have to work on that. Work on doing things to keep that occupied. I've got that picture that's behind you. Which one? The Malcolm X Ali one? Yeah, the Malcolm X and Ali one. I've got that. Yeah, look behind him. But yours has gone missing. <laughs> no, that ain't my one's bigger than that. But yeah, I've got that picture. Oh, <laughs> um, let me ask you. There was um, a certain newspaper that produced uh, a top ten British fighters of the last thirty years. Did you see it? Uh, not it's it. I don't read the newspaper. Okay, so basically, Cole Froch wasn't included in that. <gasps> what, what we'll say again top 10 British fighters top 10 British fighters from the last 30 years right was that in it no who was in it then <laughs> do you want to know who's in it yes I'd like to know who's in it and I'm going to write a letter to the editor okay let me um, find the screenshot someone sent me um Number 10, Anthony Joshua. Number 9, Nigel Benn. Number 8, Duke McKenzie. Number 7, Prince Nassim Hamid. Number 6, Chris Eubank Sr. Number 5, Ricky Hatton. Number 4, David Hay. Number 3, Tyson Fury. Number 2, Lennox Lewis. Number 1, Joe Calzaghe. Well, you know what? Yeah, you see, these things are... And Frotz was pissed at this. Yeah, of course he'd be pissed. You know what? I Listen, joking aside, I, I, I wouldn't expect to be in that top 10 myself, but I'd expect Carl Frotz to be in there. Um, uh, but then, from the names you've just mentioned there, uh, you see... Oh, God, I like Duke as well. The only reason why I would question Duke in that top 10 is because he is the most decorated, uh, uh, as, in, as in world titles he's won, in the UK. He's the most decorated fighter there. But then you look at style of fight, you look at performance of fight, you look at... Um, so so it, it, it's subjectable. 
Um, he deserves to be there, but then you'd think, who have you going to nudge? So if there's anybody you'd nudge, nah, I wouldn't even nudge Duke because, again, Duke was on his, on his day, was there. But then it's the bigger guys that usually get all the limelight. So at least when they did this poll, they looked at all weights, all weight classes from big to small. But for Carl, I'd be pissed. I'm going to phone him up and wind him up. I'm going to phone him, I'm gonna phone him up. Let me give you a little bit more background about this, yeah? So basically, Carl was on an Instagram Live with me. And I didn't know about this list. I had no clue about this list. Carl brought it up in an Instagram Live with me last week. And um, he pointed out that Anthony Joshua had been beaten by Ruiz. And it wasn't a case of Anthony Joshua in there. It was a case of him being not in there, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but these comments have kind of been picked on and, you know, people saying that Frotch is hating on Joshua. He wasn't. He was just making a point. Yeah. He's not in it, but Joshua is in it. But it wasn't... He's not saying that Joshua shouldn't be in it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So if, you, if, you, if you're going to make something like this, it's going to be subjective saying, why have you picked him over him? You know, it doesn't mean you dislike someone. I love Juki. But I'm thinking, well, but that he's, he's the most decorated out of any British fighter that, that's there. So, so yeah, I, I get it. So it's subjective. So I, I, it's subjective. So I understand why, why uh, the, the list, but then you think, who put the list together? Uh, who put the list together? I'm asking you. Um, Wally Downs. Wally Downs is? Uh, a journalist. Tell me more about Wally Downs. Wally Downs is a journalist for a newspaper, yeah. Okay, so it's just, it's just his opinion. It's just giving an opinion, that's it. You know, when we do our job, we give, an, give our opinion. It's our opinion. It doesn't mean, Brendan always said, you can't be everybody's cup of tea. So, so, so Mr. or Mrs. Downs, that's his or her opinion. Uh, and so, so it's just, look, I've just given my opinion. I'm in a job where I can print my opinion, like you or not, stuff here. So it's just an opinion. Don't mean it's true. Don't mean it's fact. He's just giving his opinion. Doesn't make it fact. Well, Carl addressed this on his podcast. I don't know if you've seen Carl's podcast, Fighting on Frotch. But he kind of addressed the non-situation with Anthony Joshua. Because I think what happened was, according to Carl, is that the day that Carl made his comments, Anthony Joshua sent Carl Frotch four WhatsApp messages but deleted them before Carl could read them. <laughs> so when Carl's woke up in the morning or whenever, he's just seen Anthony Joshua and then... You know when it comes up, this message is been... Possio, delay. Possio, delay. Carl didn't know what he said, but he assumed it had something to do with that. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Carl said, so Carl said he sent Joshua a message back and then deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the, that's what I'm saying. Our, our sport is so fickle because, because, because it doesn't mean you're hating on somebody. And things can be so can be can be misunderstood, and that's just makes <laughs> that's funny. That is, that just makes it just makes it harder. It just makes it harder. Um, old lists are, are subjective. Listen, my top five pound for pound will be similar to yours, but wouldn't necessarily be exactly the exactly. Same. 
exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So it's just an opinion. So just don't, don't let this guy set the mat, the cat amongst the pigeons. What does he know? It's, just, it's what he sees. Oh, I enjoyed that better than I enjoyed that. I prefer him over him. It's just his opinion. It's, it's not set in stone. So, so, so Carl should have probably uh, dealt with it differently. Uh, yes, he voiced it and said, he should have actually looked at the guy who wrote, said, who wrote this? Would you know? Boom, done. He shouldn't have called somebody out, you know, or, 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 or pick on somebody particular to, to, um, to, to, that shouldn't be in there. But to be, uh, fair, to be fair, I will say that a British top 10 of the last 30 years, I would say it's a, a fair argument that Carl Frott should definitely be in there. That's what I'm saying. So therefore, it makes you think, this, is it a man or a woman, Mr. Downs? It's a man. Right, Mr. Downs. So it makes you think that why would you be bothered of, of what he's got to say? It's like sportsmen that, that come off social media because the fans are giving them stick. I call them idiots because you think you are the one that's getting up stupid o'clock in the morning to train. You're the one that's training, responding, going through all this. You're letting some armchair champion dictate to you and tell you how good you are. And you're listening to him, making them hear you. So now Mr. Downs has written this and he might see this and think, right, I'm going to fuck Nelson now and say something that, I don't care. What I'm saying is it's just his opinion. You don't take it personal. It's just his opinion. So, so these kind of things, why don't you get someone like Colin Hart to do it? Why don't you get somebody, somebody else to do his top 10? This guy just happened to be in a position where he could do his top 10 and he was in the national newspaper. That's the difference. Well, IFL, if we had a top 500, Johnny, you still would have been in it. You know what? I, you, all right. No you, no, you know what? You would make it. What? 500? Top Five. 500. No, you'd make a top 50. What? Come on, man. You get me on, above that. At least top 15. Would you put me above Enzo Kanaki? Would I put you again? Oh. Say that again. Guess, would you put me... Sorry, Enzo Macinelli. I was going to ask. I know. You... I'm going to say Enzo Kanaki. Yeah. Enzo Macinelli. Would you put me above Macinelli? Huh? Would you put me above Glenn McCrory? Huh? Wow! You hey, this interview is over. It's over. Unbelievable. You're my favourite cruiserweight of all time. That's not answering the question. You're my favourite you cruiserweight of all time. That's would all you, you put me above McCannelli and McCrory? I just need to hear it. Enzo would have smashed you up. <laughs> 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 I'd have chewed him up and shattered him out. And Glenn McCrory, I'd have done him too. In a, what? Inside the distance. Enzo would have done you. Oh my God. I'm a phone Enzo. Tell him. No, he probably agree. Nah, listen to me. He wouldn't have done me. You and Adam Smith. It's because you're Adam Smith's mate. That's why you say stupid things like that. You and Adam believe this. Why would you say something like that? Did you actually see my fires? You can put the bird up. All right, go on. Run with it. Run with it. Him and Glenn McCrory, I'd have done them both. The same night. <laughs> Johnny, chill yeah, out, boy, man. Yeah. Come on. You, you are my favourite cruiserweight, though. But I don't want to be favourite. I want you to tell me I'm, I would have done them. I don't know. It's like fantasy fights. Well, tell me I'd win a fantasy fight, at least. You would have beaten. Who would you have beaten? All of them. We did a poll and I told you to. I put myself in the, one of the top three in the world. Unfortunately, 
it didn't go down too well, but that was just my opinion. Well, everyone's entitled to an opinion. <gasps> <laughs> That's what I've just said to you. Man, where's my bathroom? What are you doing? Nothing. You, you, you actually, you, you're talking to Dave Cordell while you're on with me. Again, so disrespectful. Man, unbelievable. Listen, my batch is going to go soon. You need to talk to know, talk quick. Do you know who you would have beaten? No, actually, oh. you would have been Tommy Taylor. <laughs> Tommy Taylor is a former opponent of me. I understand that. But let me just get this right. There was two, three, two or three versions of me. And so that version of champion would have beaten everybody. I understand before those days, I wasn't very, very good. But when I became good, I would become what about, the best. What about, what about Peter Brown? Peter, what about Peter Brown? Why are we going to people I lost to? Let's talk about me as champion. Where are you going there? What about there? Peter Brown and uh, Tommy Taylor? What about them? What about them? They you got lucky. Them, would you? They got, I was a boy in a man's body. Let me come on now. You tell Peter Brown and Tommy Wait, Taylor. I don't. What about Brian Schumacher? Brian Schumacher got lucky. You asked Frank Warren. Frank, he was Frank Warren's golden boy. I went there to ITV. Did him on television, they gave him the decision. I what? came in two days notice. Let me finish. I came in two days notice and they gave him the decision. Huh? Johnny, what about Dennis Bailey? Again, what happened was he was why are you picking people that beat me in the yesteryear? I'm talking about I, I didn't know what I was doing then. Once I knew what I was doing, let's go back again. Johnny, what about Franco Wanyama? He shouldn't have got a decision. End up. Go on, go what on. What about again. Henry Akin Wonder? Him, well, I came in, I was at Josephine's on the Monday night, we boxed on the Wednesday night, and I took the fight on the Wednesday night. Mickey Duff put the show on, that wasn't prepared, I'd have done it, and I'd have done Corey Sanders. What about Nelson Rodriguez? I beat him twice and gave him the decision in Brazil. What? I, what? Why do you think they made this box? What? I'm biting. I'm not even biting anymore. Stop. I'm not biting anymore. Sorry, Charlie. You gotta mess my day up, man. <laughs> Johnny Nelson, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. Let's end it. On... Forget you! I'm out of here! Johnny! You little bitch, Johnny. <laughs>